Welcome to episode 21 of the For the Love of Data podcast. I'm your host, Robert Furr, in what's hopefully going to be a frightfully good episode of the podcast on this Halloween 2017 Eve. Uh, we're coming to you with an episode. We haven't done a deep dive in a few months, so this month we are going to take a data deep dive into Halloween spending in candy uh, and talk about some of the intricacies there. We're going to look at the way that people spend their money on uh, costumes, on candy, and, and some of the things that they do to celebrate this special time of year. Uh, a lot of this information is going to come from a few different studies from the National Retail Federation, uh, from a data set from candystore.com that they released, and then from one of my favorite sites, 538. Um, so please check out the show notes, and there'll be some good information there that you can look at, some visuals to go along with what we're saying. You can always follow along with the conversation on Twitter. Uh, and, and tweet at us with your, your takeaways from this episode uh, at Love of Data. Uh, you can also leave a comment on the website at fortheloveofdata.com. Uh, so moving into the studies, uh, this year the National Retail Federation released a handful of studies uh, where they showed that people are expected to spend $9.1 billion on Halloween this year, which is an astronomical amount of money when you think about uh, the time frame and, and how uh, quick this holiday seems to come and go. Several of the predictions that came out of this report are that uh, U.S. consumers are expected to spend, on average, uh, just under $83 uh, this year, which is up 12%. Last year, it was $74. And out of all of the folks in the U.S., about 171 million consumers are expected to take part in Halloween festivities in one way or the other. And millennials are especially interested in uh, shelling out a decent amount of money for a costume on average ages, uh, adults aged 18 through 34 spend about $42.39 on a costume compared to $31.03 for adults. So just over $42 compared to $31, uh, quite a quite an increase there, about 50% more than the, uh, than the average person. There's a good line graph that I'll have uh, linked up on the show notes that show Halloween spending uh, in billions over time and shows the trend. Uh, trickling upwards all the way from 2005 up to uh, 2017. So it's been a pretty steady march upward. There was a tiny blip down uh, right after the, the Great Recession in 2008. And then there was a little bit of a blip uh, from 2012 down to 2013. But overall, very strong upward trend on the graph. And you can see some interaction there and, and, and step back through the years. Uh, part of the survey broke out what people plan to spend their money on. And so the breakout of that $9.1 billion is about $3.4 billion of it is going to go to costumes. $2.7 billion of it is going to go to candy. Another $2.7 billion is going to go to decorations. And then $410 million is going to go to greeting cards. I was actually surprised. They didn't really know that greeting cards for Halloween were such a thing. But uh, when you look at the percentage of people that are going to uh, take on these activities, 69% of shoppers say they're going to shop for a costume. An astounding 95% say they're going to spend some amount of money on candy uh, for Halloween. 72% say they're going to spend uh, money on decorations. And then 37% say they're going to spend money on greeting cards. The numbers for that just don't add up to me. That One in three people plan to spend money on a greeting card, uh, but they're only going to spend 
410 million for it. Uh, in my experience, competing cards are so expensive that uh, it just seems like that, that stat is a little out of whack. But again, I don't know the full background on that, but those are the, the different components. Um, among the people that are celebrating Halloween, uh, the survey revealed that 71% will be handing out candy. Uh, about one in two will decorate their home or yard. One in two will wear costumes. One in two will carve a pumpkin. About one in three or 35% will throw or attend a party. And again, about one in three, 31% will take their kids trick-or-treating. That percentage was actually a lot lower than I expected. I thought that would be up in the 40s or 50%. And then 23% will visit a haunted house and 16% will dress their uh, their pets in costumes. So I hit uh, most of these with my family, uh, but uh, we don't have... A pet that we're dressing up and we're not attending a party, but most of the other ones we actually did manage to hit. Uh, there's also a, a breakout of where people plan to spend their money. And the most popular place at 47% is a discount store like Walmart. Uh, second most popular at 37% is a Halloween store. And then 25% of people say at a grocery store. Uh, online is actually fifth place uh, with 22%. So... It's kind of surprising for me to see that online was, was so far down um, and that Halloween stores were number two. That was particularly surprising to me. If I turn attention to costumes uh, rather than the categories that people are spending on, uh, like we said, costumes are going to make up about $3.4 billion of the spend, so just over one-third. And um, children mostly plan to dress up as their favorite action hero or superhero. Um, about 3.7 million kids plan to do that. Uh, that's the number one most popular Halloween costume for kids. Uh, number two most popular for kids is Batman or Princess, which is about 2.9 to 3 million kids uh, dressing up on that. And then number three is an animal, which is 2.2 uh, million. Uh, so things like a cat, dog, a monkey, anything like that. When I contrast kids to adults, the most popular adult costume is a witch costume, uh, which means I'm assuming that uh, that's a very universal costume uh, for most women because I don't know of a lot of guys dressing up like witches, but I'm sure there are some out there. Um, number two for adults is the same as it is for kids, Batman character. Uh, this one seems specifically limited to Batman, not just Batman and princesses. Um, and tied for number three, uh, or similar to, to kids for number three, is an animal. Uh, and then pets, they actually catalog this. The most popular uh, uh, costume for a pet is a pumpkin. Number two is a hot dog. And number three is dressing them up like another animal. So I've got a list on the show notes of the top 10 most popular. Uh, interestingly, number 10 for both kids and adults is Wonder Woman. Uh, number 10 for pets is actually this, a Star Wars character. And so you can see all throughout, uh, Batman is, is in the top 10 on all of them. Uh, a ghost is in the top 10 for kids and, and pets, but not, uh, not adults. And witch is actually in the top 10 for all three of them. Kind of impressive to see a, a pet dressed up as a witch. Now, shifting attention to my favorite topic is candy. So CandyStore.com is a bulk discount retailer of online candy sales, and they took 10 years of their data and uh, divvied it up by state and did an analysis to show what the three most popular candies are in each state. And again, I'll have a table up on the show notes. I also did some number crunching in Excel to see what 
Um, the most popular candy is by number of states uh, for first place and for all three places. And then they also tell you the number of pounds that they sold, and, and I've got it ranked like that as well. So if I look at Texas, my home state, I was surprised. I love Reese Cups, and uh, it did not disappoint me that they made it in the top three. I was, however, disappointed that they were in second place. So if we're talking about Texas alone, the top candy uh, over the past 10-year period is Starburst, with basically 1.95 million pounds of Starburst sold through CandyStore.com. Number two was Reese Cups with 1.92, so 0.95 versus 0.92, just a shade edged out by the Starburst. And then third place for Texas is Almond Joy with 837,000 and some change. So what was really interesting is Reese's and Starburst were neck and neck. Almond Joy wasn't even half of what the other two were. When you take that uh, data and you look at it across all the states, uh, candy corn is actually the most popular uh, by state when you look at uh, the number of states that, that called it their, their number one. So if you look only at first place, candy corn was number one in six states, Sour Patch Kids in five states, and then Reese Cup in four states. If you expand out that data set and you look at the top three across all states, the most popular is Reese Cups and M&Ms. They're both tied with 14 Top three finishes out of all 50 of them. Uh, Skittles and Candy Corn were tied for number two, and then Starburst and, and Tootsie Pops were tied for number three. So that ranking that I just discussed is all related to just the sheer number of states that identified a candy as their favorite based on the sales data. Now, when you actually look at pounds sold, it's a little different story. Um, Starburst is still uh, number one when you look at all of the candies that were ranked in first place by by state. So Starburst, m and and Skittles were number one, two, and three. Uh, Starburst had an amazing two million pounds sold in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, when you look at all three places combined, uh, the order changes a little bit. It's Skittles, Reese Cups, M&M's, and then Starburst. So it looks like Reese Cups had a lot of second and third place finishes to bring it up into second and uh, Skittles as well. So when you look at all three places over all 10 years, Skittles had an astounding uh, 3.049 million pounds. So just over 3 million pounds sold. An amazing, amazing amount. I wish I had done the calculation of the number of calories that that was and equated it out to something else. Uh, I may have to do that and post it in a tweet uh, after the show. Um, Reese's, again, just got edged out here, man. Reese's just can't get into the number one spot. They were uh, 3.035. So basically 14,000 pounds out of 3 million separated Skittles and edged it out to the number one spot over number two. So again, throwing a lot of data at you, throwing a lot of numbers, but uh, go check out the show notes here and, and I'll, uh, I'll send some tweets with some of these images out so you can see them as well. I've also got the, uh, the breakout by each individual state, if you're interested in that. Um, one other thing that was interesting that I didn't look at, but I know I uh, saw an article on this, was the number of uh, unique uh, unique items in the, in the number one. So like Georgia ranked Swedish Fish as number one for them, and no other, uh, no other state had that as their number one. And so some, some really interesting stats there uh, that you can get. That was all from CandyStore.com. 538 took a different approach. They uh, posted a website where uh, they would display two candies side by side and have people pick out which one they liked more. 
just over and over and over, random candies uh, stacked up against each other. And they put together 269,000 head-to-head matchups and recorded uh, the information for these. So in one candy versus another, Reese Cups came out on top for them 84.2% of the time. Uh, Reese's Miniatures were 81.9%. Twix, Kit Kat, Snickers followed that. Reese's Pieces were number six. Um, Milky Way was number seven. Reese's Stuff with Pieces was number eight with almost 73%, which was surprising because that was a relatively new entrant into the, uh, into the, uh, uh, the, into candy over the last few years. Peanut Butter M&Ms were number nine and Butterfingers were number 10. So if you look at the top 10 finishers, and their list actually goes down even further than that, they've got a, a total of 19 listed, um, Reese's held four of the top 10 spots. And uh, and also, the number that had peanut uh, peanuts in it was at least one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Um, so looks like everybody in the U.S. really loves peanuts and peanut butter-related products. Um they also went on, 538, to boil this down and do some statistical analysis on this. Um, they did some regressions and, and some coefficient evaluations to really break out the different characteristics of each of the candies that won in the head-to-head matches. And so they broke out um, different characteristics of candy, like whether or not it had chocolate, whether or not it had fruit, peanuts or nuts, if it was crispy or not, if it had caramel or nougat, or if it was multiple pieces, or if it was a candy bar or hard candy. And when they looked at the correlations of that, they found that uh, their goal was basically to identify what are the characteristics that set a candy up for success. So chocolate by a landslide uh, was a strong contributor to success with basically adding 20% to its, uh, its win percentage. Um, fruit, surprisingly, was 10%. Peanuts and nuts were 10%. Crispy was 9%. Caramel was 3.4, nougat was 2%, on and on, down a few different criteria. And if it was a hard candy, it actually um, reduced its chances of winning by 4.9%. So if you're uh, in the, in the uh, uh, running to try to create a new candy bar, you just want to try to create something that's uh, crowdsourced with the most knowledge. Uh, if it has chocolate, fruit, peanuts and nuts, crispy, caramel and nougat, you basically got a 20, 30, 40, 50 to 55% chance of beating out other candies that don't share some of those characteristics. So all in all, I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, approach to gather that data and, and do some insights on it and uh, you know, hopefully find your Frankenstein, Franken candy that, uh, that would be the best for this Halloween season. So I know that's a pretty quick hit for this episode. We'll be back with uh, some some more interviews and longer discussions in the next few months. But uh, please be safe. Have a, have a wonderful Halloween. Uh, trick-or-treating or going out to a party with those uh, friends and family in your life. Share these stats. Go out and have a few more Reese's. Buy some of that from CandyStore.com so it can edge out to the number one. And the music that you're hearing on this podcast episode is in this creepy, sleepy, backward town by Squire Tuck. And we got that from the Free Music Archive. So thank you for tuning in for this episode. Please join us uh, in the conversation on Twitter at Love of Data or uh, on the website at ForTheLoveOfData.com. 
Uh, drop us a note. Let us know what you think. And it's always appreciated if you can give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, this is Robert Furr. Happy Halloween. Oh, wow. Stay awake.